0: i'm Lainey, and i'm laura beth and we are steel magnolias two sisters who love family traditions and all things southern we've got plenty of room at our table so pull up a chair
1: hi laura beth hi Lainey. well still getting used to wearing a mask i I do have to say i'm not enjoying it and here's my reason i'm not enjoying this well many reasons but you do it because it's what you do yes
0: we've been mandated and asked to do it so we're doing it
1: so we're doing it but um i'm a big smiler yes (laughs) smiley bowman remember that character in a movie that we watched one time well anyway i smile a lot at strangers and there was this veteran that I saw, and he had on his hat, and I always try to purposefully greet veterans when I see them. Yes. And they want to be, or they, you know, wearing their their right of their war or whatever. So anyway, I'm beaming at this man, and he just, like, turns, and then I was thinking, oh, he didn't even see that I was beaming because I have a mask on. Well, a
0: lot of people can see it in your eyes, but you're right. It's not as easily expressed. Yeah, for sure. Well, you would have cracked up at me this morning. I went to church in person for the first time in four months. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it was wonderful to be there. And we are in a new church building, right? Our church relocated to a new building. And so I have been in the building to visit, but this was my first service. And so I wanted to do the whole thing, like come in the front door, like do do it the right way. I haven't done it yet. I'm
1: excited too.
0: So, put my mask on, started up the stairs. Yeah, we have a lot of stairs. Lainey, you would have thought I was hyperventilating into a paper bag because I was wearing one of those just surgical-looking masks. It's uh-huh. not a cloth one, so it, move, it goes in and out a lot. And you're um, in very good shape, so, so I this got, is scary. I got to the top of those steps, and I mean, I couldn't talk to anybody because it was like flapping Mm-mm. almost because it was going in and out so much. So, next time... I will, because those stairs aren't, like, occupied by people. There's not, like. You're going to have to take breaks? No, I'm just going to wait and put my mask on at the top before I go in the doors. gotcha.
1: I was going to say they need six feet apart chairs.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So we can take breaks on our way up the hill. Anyway, yeah. Well, that's a good point. I'm going to get a cloth one instead of the surgical-looking paper ones.
1: Well, now, the ones that our state is giving for free are so thick and black. And black. There's
0: no way. They probably didn't that. think we'd still be doing it in the hot days of summer. I
1: mean, that's not happening. It's like a black sock. It is. It looks like a black sock. It does. I'm a
0: winter sock. Gonna,
1: yeah, that's that is a January mask <laughs> in the south, not a July mask in the south. Well, I got Frey on an airplane and she's I do feel for her flying home to China. She's going to have a mask on for a long time
0: and she'd do 10 hours from here to san francisco and well, then
1: yeah, she'll do yeah here to san francisco and then 10 hours to tokyo and then two or three hours to china and then 14 day mandated mandated quarantine wow well, whatever are, hotel they take you her were to.
0: an extremely kind host to let her yeah. occupy an entire floor of your home for the f- upstairs four months, for four months because she yeah. was stuck
1: yeah well anyway i'm excited about our
0: Guest today. Me too. We teased this up a few months ago, saying that we had plans for an interview that we thought was going to happen, and it's happening. Yes, this was all you. You found this. So, let me give a little backstory on how we got to where we're at today. So, in May, I think it was just a couple of months ago. I picked up a Nashville publication, and it was featuring a story about our guest today, Dr. Jerome Burt. And the article was discussing some more details around a TED Talk that he had given a few years ago. And I started reading the story, and I was like, oh, he sounds so interesting. And then it mentioned the title of his TED Talk, which was called How a Dinner Party can save your life. And I shut the magazine, and I went right to YouTube. And so I'm, I'm looking up the TED Talk, hoping that they've captured it. And sure enough, they had. And so I watched the TED Talk, and I enjoyed it so much. And if you're not familiar with TED Talks, they are um, 18 minutes, Usually-ish. I believe. ish And mm-hmm. they are um, on you know, one specific topic, and they are given in front of um, a live audience and... They've been around for years. And yeah. And so
1: it's... And they have, in various cities, these TED Talk events. Yeah. And it's experts in all different fields. Yeah. Um, just doing a short talk on a subject. And they're all... I love them. Even if it's a subject I don't even know that much about. Yeah. It's a great thing to listen to.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's really quite a big deal to get Absolutely. invited to do a TED Talk. And so... Uh, You know, I watched the Ted talk. I was like, this is just, I love this so much. I want to share this with our listeners. He's here in Nashville. Hallelujah. So let me see if he would be willing to come on (laughs) the podcast. And so I looked him up and let me tell you a little bit about him. This is psychologist, Dr. Jerome Burt. He believes much of the upheaval we're dealing with in our country is because we're disconnected. So this is the overview from his Ted talk. Um, disconnected from ourselves and from one another. Mm. His prescription, getting together to break bread. In fact... He thinks if you do it right, a dinner party won't just save you from huge therapy bills. It can save (laughs) your life. (laughs) I love that. So welcome, Jerome. We are so excited to have you here. Um, Before we really jump into some of the meat of our topic today, can you just tell us a little bit about where you're from, how long you've been here in Nashville, and then maybe what made you want to do that TED Talk?
2: Well, let's see. My parents met... At Rust College in um, Holly Springs, Mississippi, my mom went home pregnant the her the spring semester, her junior year, and um, the story goes: the next day, my dad gets a knock on his dorm room door, and Billy, Big Billy, my mom's sister stepsister said, "Put on some clothes. You're getting married." and oh. Like, apparently, wow. <laughs> apparently, they drove 100 miles per hour down uh, the road and down the middle of the road in an old Oldsmobile. They got to the house, and my Aunt Mary gave uh, loaned them $8 to get married, and they went to the courthouse. They got married. They came back, and they fried fish, and all these sisters are standing with, you know, arms folded under bosoms and my (laughs) daddy was the only one that was eating and he's eating this fried fish and just looking up at these women and you know after he's recently married so I guess that's the wow. first dinner party that saved my life. That's hilarious, <laughs> the fish fry that and saved you my are life. a storyteller. I can tell already. <laughs> wow. Well, my parents eventually settled in Memphis, and I went to school, grade school in Memphis, and then I ended up being convinced by friends to go to Ole Miss. I was at Ole Miss for 20 years in the exercise business, okay. teaching aerobics, and um, eventually transitioned to uh, a psychology career as we were talking earlier I was shrinking without a license and (laughs) um and and I got to Nashville because I was doing a postdoc at Vanderbilt in psychology and practice opportunity opened up for me and it has been beautiful since then I've not I think 97.9 percent of my days have been wonderful and I'm just really loving being a um, psychologist and as, and I incorporate, of course, a lot of wellness into my practice. But sure. um, that's how I got here. Wow! Wow! Yeah. wow.
0: And yeah. then, what made you want to do the TED Talk? So tell us about kind of your journey to get into that stage and standing on some red carpet. Uh, y'all,
2: y'all, every dude wants to do a TED Talk. That's every, all we sit around. Well, every, maybe not every everybody, female, everybody, but I do. Yeah, everybody wants to do a TED Talk, and so it happened that what I, a friend nominated me. Without me knowing, just in case it didn't happen and put my name in the hat and the committee does a lot of, you know, checking around and talking to each other. And I got extended an offer and they were like, what would you do? And they bit. And so that's how I got to do a TED talk. Wow. Yeah.
1: Well, that was in 2017. Yes. Is that right? Yes. So, um, gosh, there's so many directions we could go. Um, One thing that's fascinating to me when I listened to your TED Talk was I felt like I was in the middle of today's headlines. Mm -hmm. The things that you were discussing,
2: um,
1: why this is so good.
2: You're going to make me cry. I almost burst into tears when you said that, today's headlines. Mm -hmm. You know, it it really is. It shows how relevant. Right, right, right. It's only getting more relevant. Yes, yes, that we need each other Mm -hmm. and we need to... Um, mm-hmm. love on each other and be patient with each other and listen to each other. And I just never thought that that line would, um, you know, uh, be so relevant today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. You're right, But I'm, I'm surprised that all welled up in me when you just said <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I'm glad to be sitting here with you. I wish we were breaking bread. That's yes. going to have to happen in the future <laughs> as
0: well. well um, in the talk, you mentioned pretty early on that that there are scientific studies mm-hmm. that really equate the dinner table and family dinner time to the level of development and character that is relevant and mm-hmm. can be seen in children right, right? maybe right. I, i've read any of those studies but you right. know, i totally believe that they're out there and i believe i've seen that and what i do think is interesting i think you alluded to this in your your ted talk is there's really not true adult studies that have happened, maybe just um, observations (laughs) that you've made that can point to having dinner with family or others being um, a strong proponent of development in adults. So can you talk about maybe even some of the things that you've observed in adults for some of those scenarios?
2: I just think just as we are sitting here now and getting familiar with each other, um, and the more we talk and the more we lean in the 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 less our cortisol levels uh, I, I mean our cortisol levels decrease you know, the our mm-hmm. vagal tone changes our parasympathetic nervous system gets activated because we are chilled out because yeah. we're amongst friends you yeah. know we're we're digging each other and and mm-hmm. so you know uh, we are social creatures and when you have your people in place and when you have certainty or some predictability about having people mm-hmm. in place, you're going to be, you're going to, your vagal tone. You're going to be more, you're parasympathetic nervous and you're going to act what rest and digest more and better. Um, and so, um, the data about the children is correlational because, um, it's not, you know, it wasn't a control study, but whenever you have, you know, you feel like you belong to a tribe, um, which we were designed to belong, um, then, then you're going to feel better. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's interesting. One of my best friends and her husband adopted two children that had Mm. come out of some traumatic experiences. Mm -hmm. And I remember this just came to mind as you were talking, um, that one of their family therapists had said early on, you got to start some, um, traditions, like some things. So, Something as simple That's as right. every Friday night, it's pizza movie night right. at home. Mm-hmm. But that gives them that predictability of That's what's right. coming. Right. And um, and one of these two in particular needs a lot more of that than the other, mm-hmm. of just kind of knowing what to expect. Mm-hmm. And so that has to translate right. with adults where we know right. we're mm-hmm. going to taco night or right. whatever the thing is. That doesn't even really matter, I don't think, what right. the thing is, as mm-hmm. long as it's that consistency of the... What to expect? Oh, and, mm-hmm.
2: and I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, neuroplasticity—the peak of neuroplasticity uh, before seven, and then again during adolescence—and you build these, carve out these pathways that of uh, behaviors that you know that are going to be your automatic behaviors. And so, when you are up to age seven, um, eating dinner routinely and ritualistically with your family you just know when you're doing it by yourself at 27 or 47 that something's missing yeah something your your body Mm -hmm. at some level there's something not right about that because that is um there's something that doesn't feel right about that that's right and um because you've you you know you that during your formative years you know that's what's drilled into you that that's what goes on you eat and share and tell stories and have theater you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and break bread yeah. you know, at, yeah. at dinner. Wow,
1: I remember you saying that, din- and I loved even this verbiage, dinner was sacred in your home.
2: <laughs> it was sacred, but it was not like, it wasn't, um, there was a lot of theater too. I mean, I would love when my dad okay. would sneak uh, to the table with, no pants or underwear on just a shirt and then he'd get there and so my brother and I were like just snickering the whole time and then he'd get up at the end of dinner and walk away and my mom's like Jerry that's so tacky that is so bad you and know, did he do right. it really kind of just oh, to get her yeah. going oh gosh yes okay. yeah yeah and so it was sacred and fun, and fun. right it needs but, to be both yes but yeah. like I said it wouldn't it didn't measure up to the nutty professor dinner scene yeah if y'all remember that yes, dinner I do. scene. do no, wasn't that fun <laughs> not that <magical. laughs> Yeah, that's a pretty wild one, wasn't it? Well, another
1: thing you said, and I thought it was so special, was you said you always felt like the most important person in the room.
2: Oh gosh. Yes, yes, yes. And my brother would probably say the same thing. That's cool. You know, because you get called baby when your mom's fixing food. (laughs) Baby, you want some more of that? Yeah. You know, so Yeah. yeah. I and my dad, you know, um, loves the lecture and he lectures to teach. It's not like he's just a good teacher, you know, all I, he's my, his voice. I channel him when I'm talking to my own patients. And, um, and so, so we get these lectures from our dad and this warmth and love from our mom and, Mm -hmm. and both of them, you know, my dad more than just the the laughter. And of Mm -hmm. course, delicious food. I don't think people understand, like food is so medicinal and it, it, it changes your biochemistry, you know, sugar, salt, and fat drops your cortisol levels for about 20 minutes that's why and 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 so that's why we won't comfort food when we're when we're sad that's right a kale salad won't do it banana pudding is necessary you know if you're sad right because you're you're not thinking about what the food is actually doing on the inside so here you are you're getting high uh but in a in a sedative sedated way and and you're seeing these faces smiling at you and such. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what's, that's all, all of this is going on when we're eating with yeah, friends.
0: Yeah. Wow. And I guess our body knows that even if our mind does, that's doesn't right. know that. Cause that's some of right. these words you're saying, I don't know, right. are very levels.
2: scientific, <laughs> but <isn't that laughs> but I guess my body right. does. Yeah, and body I was, does. you
0: know, created to even know, and right. know how to respond to that even right. if my mind didn't connect right. those dots. Right.
2: Well, if you think about, about a diabetic, Diabetic knows that everything that they ingest mm-hmm. will affect their neurochemistry or their biochemistry. I mean the same thing's happening to us. We just don't have to watch it yeah. like a diabetic does. Yeah, right. So um if you want to feel crappy, you know, ingest the wrong thing or too much of the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. But um so but yeah, that's that's what's happening.
1: Wow. Another thing, I, there's so many things I loved that you shared in that talk. But when you said we are born wanting food and belonging, yes. I mean, does that not just make sense? Yes. It does. I don't yeah. have to be a brilliant scientist right. to understand that,
2: right. that right.
1: concept. And that's those two things married together is what a dinner party is. And
2: if you don't get it, it's just like those two kids that you were talking about. You know, If you don't feed a baby, of course the baby will die. Or if you don't feed it well enough, there's malnutrition. And if you don't touch it, That's right. you know, it will die. Or if it's not touched enough, it will mm-hmm. have some social deficits. And um, so we want to be touched. We want to be, um, we want attention. We want food. We want to belong. We want to have some sense of predictability about to whom we belong and such.
0: Yeah. I do. I, I would love for you to share anything, though, that really led you to connect food and belonging to a dinner party cuz you know once you said it it was like of course it makes so much sense a dinner party is a place where food is served and people mm-hmm. feel as though they belong so how did you get to do, was it just an observation you made or maybe
2: it's just that the, i don't I, you know you you make me feel like is that brilliant was that it, a big deal it is deal? brilliant well wow, I, I had no idea you know i'm but, sitting here thinking
1: right. have you in any of your moves from one city to another mm-hmm. had to like you, sometimes you make realizations about things from having lack. Right, so right. when you don't have a tribe, right? then you go, Ooh, a dinner party should, sure would be nice. And certainly
2: certainly is the one thing that I've always done. That's how I get people together. And, um, but it, again, like I said, my parents, my, that, that, you know, that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one time I was talking some awful trash and, um, when I was like 15 and um my dad said, Hey, well, let's go to dinner. And I thought, Great. My brother, I'd say, Hey, we're going to dinner. And he's like, No, just you and me. We're just going. And so I got to, and he let me drive his Cadillac. And so I'm driving his Cadillac. And he's like, Where do you want to eat? And I was like, Victoria Station's the steakhouse. So I got to pick the place, I got to drive the Cadillac, and I got to hear this lecture about like, you don't talk like this or that about people. Wow. And it was so bad. y'all. It's like, I'm not even going to talk about it, but he just didn't want me, you know? And so it just made an impact. It's like the, the context, wow. you know, um, at the table, yeah. and eating the steak and and my dad taking me seriously and leaning in. Yeah. And, and so I've never forgotten, you know, like that conversation. And wow. um, I guess the more sensory... Uh, act- activation. The more memorable, the more theater. You know, mm-hmm. the more memorable. Wow. The more titillating.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I'm wild by this. Thinking, gosh, that's a a brilliant way to talk to somebody about a difficult thing mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. to not shame them, right? But let them kind of. Drive a Cadillac drive if you drive a Cadillac. Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah.
2: you are so special. Yeah. And don't you ever, ever. talk like that because again. Because you're too That's good it. to talk like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So this all is now lining up for sure as to how you got to a place where you could so boldly say that a dinner party can save your life. Because, <laughs> or <a> fish fry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because I see now. Um just the the family dynamic that you grew up in Mm -hmm. and in that um, sacredness around the dinner table so i'm curious as to some of your thoughts around conversation at the dinner table specifically for those of us that you know that wasn't a norm in life maybe Mm -hmm. it was sometimes maybe it was never And so going to a dinner party or hosting a dinner party can bring a little anxiety Mm -hmm. in terms of who's going to be there, what we can be talking about, you know, am I going to know anybody? Should I go alone? Should I, you know, bring a friend. And one of the things that you mentioned in the Ted talk is to never show up empty headed. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And so I'd love for you to expound on that a bit because I think it does take some practice and I think it takes some, um, thinking through in the car on the way before mm-hmm. you get there. I think, you know, it really mm-hmm. does take some intentionality. So how would you expound on not showing up empty headed?
2: This is funny. I, I I was just getting juice this morning over at the Urban Juicer down the street. And um, the the juicer was telling me that she was having a dinner party tonight and she's, she, I, she's making some seafood soup. Okay. And she's Colombian, okay. and um, but with blonde hair. And, um, so she's making the seafood soup and I was like, so what is going to be your conversation starter? And she's like, well, I usually start with the highs and lows What have been your highs and lows. And I was like, wow, she is thinking about mm-hmm. it. And I had no idea that she would, I I, I thought I was going to have to tell her you should do this. You okay. should have conversation starters, but she had already had, you know, had that in mind. Too. Yeah. And, um, because they're going to be all, everybody's going to be a musician or everybody is a musician, you know. That um, she thought, you know, we'll end up playing some songs or singing, you know, and such. Funny. So, so, but she has some sense. I guess the musician crowd—they kind of know how their dinner parties go. That we all need predictability and certainty. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that that's what. Um, is nerve-wracking about going to a dinner party is that you don't have a sense of predictability or a sense mm-hmm. of certainty as a, how mm-hmm. this thing's going to unfold. So I like to give people some sense of what they can expect okay. to talk about. Okay. You know, just give them, you know, three topics. Um, you know, I, I think, like, earlier this year, I was asking people in January, um, you know, if what what would you tattoo on your forehead that's going to, you know be symbolic of how you would like this decade to unfold. Oh, wow. You know, and so just, just, just stuff like that. Um, just little was,
0: stuff like just, that. Yeah, some light yeah, top. Yeah, yeah. And that yeah. was an interesting one to pose in January. Yeah. I'm yeah, sure. I was. Seriously... It was.
2: And notice I was like. January because we just have not done many dinner parties this year. Yeah. Um. Uh, but as far as predictability and certainness, certainty is concerned, I mean, it's like I wanted some you guys to sort of give me a sense of what we were talking about. Sure. It's just that simple. And, um. But if people would do that, um. You know. Um. I think that it'll chill your guest out. Yeah. Um. Now some people don't like to have to talk about things. You know, uh, they get anticipatory anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, about what they're going to have to say, even if they know what they're going to have to say. So, they, you know, so that's that that's a concern as well. Or just send a video, a TED talk. Um, hey, y'all, let's talk about Esther Perel's um, discussion on why people cheat. You know, a bunch oh, of adults yeah. watch that video before they get there. And it does make for a pretty riveting conversation.
0: That's cool. Um, How do you typically even if you are hosting yourself, get that out. Is that just a text? Like, I you just, just texted. Yeah.
2: I'm going to eat dinner with a couple of dudes tonight at the true foods and I'm going to, uh, before the day's end, um, send them something probably, um, asking like, you know, what are you in denial of, uh, during this pain well, with regards to <laughs> no, your career good. or, yeah. you know, what is it that, Sometimes I'll get a little spiritual. What is it that God wants for you that you're not willing to accept yet? Um, But really what's important is that people don't realize that your statements, you can decide what kind of emotion that you want to elicit in people Mm -hmm. um, by the questions. How do you want them to feel when, you know, so... um, that's more contemplative, Mm -hmm. you know, um, should you kiss on the first date though? That's kind of funny. Or when should you kiss? Which date? Yeah. And so the emotions that are elicited, you know, based on the question that you ask and, um, and you want to you want people to feel, you don't want to get them the defense to go up. You don't Mm -hmm. want to get them Mm -hmm. feeling defensive. I think that's, I I learned this back in 95, I was reading this parent training handbook and they were saying. Don't ask your kids when they get in the car, how's your day? Da, 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 da. You know, every mom asks pounds Mm -hmm. with all these questions. Well, and the kids start, do not want to talk. The wall goes up. The wall goes up, you know? And so instead it's just like, you know, affirm their presence first because it's like, I am so glad to see you. Yeah. You know, it makes me so happy that you're smiling. And, and so that gets the oxytocin flowing, the bonding hormone instead of cortisol, like Got to give the right answer. Yeah. Right. right. So that's what, you know, when you are sending questions, think about, you know, what you're trying to elicit. If you send any political question, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you already know. Your RSVPs (laughs) might change. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yes.
1: Wow. I want to discuss uh, when you're at a dinner party or... One of the things you mentioned was, I I even liked this verbiage, showing well versus connecting Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's fairly self-explanatory. I mean, I don't think I have to go too deep. Showing Mm. well is what we do on social media. Nobody's putting up a picture of their cake that fell or their new scar that they have or whatever. It's usually the most beautiful day of the week Mm -hmm. that we're showing. Um, But that's not making anybody Mm -hmm. connect.
2: Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm No. No. No, And some people we want to continue to show well because they cut up so well and they do such a great show, such a great stand up, you know, however, we get to watch and enjoy them do their stand up, but they don't get to be known, you Mm. know, um, because they are showing well, you know, they aren't getting to be understood Mm. and there's nothing, that's what I make my living doing, I guess, Mm. understanding people, you know, feeling heard and understood And, and, um, that'll bring you a lot of peace as well.
1: We have, um, a guy that goes to our church that is a psychologist and he's Mm -hmm. actually, um, for Murray County, he's like their go-to person when they, um, have a, some kind of a student tragedy where they Mm -hmm. bomb threat or something. And I thought it was so fascinating in a conversation that I had with him because he said the number one thing he finds with those students when he meets with them is they don't feel heard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Obviously, you're going. That's of course, right. That's what it is. That's right. But that's yet another thing that mm-hmm. can save somebody's life at a dinner party. That's right. Just feeling heard and is understood.
2: Huge. Yes, and um, and at a dinner party, not only self-deprecation. You know, i uh, making it a no self-deprecation zone. I think a good thing to do is use the first rule of improv, and which is yes and. And telling everybody in another role is like, we're going to keep our butts out of it. No one gets to use the B word the entire time tonight. You know, well, that's why I wear these bracelets. It's, it's what I wear every day of my life. Um, these bracelets
0: say yes and. Right,
2: as I'm about to say but. <laughs> but yes, right. And so at a dinner party, so that people can be heard and understood, mm-hmm. you say, yes, I hear you and talk about whatever they said or restate what they yeah. say. And if you want to add something to it, instead of just add your experience, it right. exactly. might be different, exactly. but not saying, but exactly. which
1: makes theirs go. Right. 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 Yeah. That's very good.
2: One of my favorite, I was doing this with, um, this, um, brother to brother. I had this, um, mentoring group at a junior high school. I, I'm so dated. It's not called junior high anymore, is it? It's not. But I hang a lady who says junior high, so well, I'm laughing because I'm like, oh, I guess it's not, but I'm tracking, so go. Middle school, Middle school. and and uh, we were, we. I got them to agree to not use the B word um, for two weeks. And these guys, these kids, I would go, I would take them lunch, and we would have conversations, And uh, so the principal called and wanted to know what B-word they weren't able to say because the kids were going around talking about, we can't say the B-word. We can't say the B-word. And they would not tell what the B-word was. But I was like, but with one T, not two. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yes. No no explicits Mm -hmm. truly there. Well, another B-word, being busy, Mm -hmm. comes up in your talk as well, busy being the new status symbol and oh, how real that is. So I wonder if we could just spend a minute talking about how, how do you even carve out time for gatherings? You mentioned, you know, earlier that you're going to go to a dinner tonight. And how do you personally try and prioritize it?
2: I, that's just part of my life They're You know, they're so nourishing and for feeling and, I am so fortunate to know and be surrounded by all really splendid people Mm -hmm. that I look forward to seeing. I do believe in the the Presbyterian doctrine of the cheap end of man is, you know, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. So I don't do anything out of obligation. Everything is an opportunity. And so if I could eat dinner with, you know, and, and with multiple people, three or four times a week. Wow.
0: What would you say to someone that does have family that they're tending to that just say schedules just don't line up for us to have dinner on the table at the same time?
2: I I hear that. And I think that, well, you know what, if you are, because, you know, now they say that, that uh, homework is the new supper. A lot Mm -hmm. of families will say homework is the new supper. Mm -hmm. And if you're, connecting with your kid while you're doing this homework and, you know, and there's that closeness there. I imagine, um, something wonderful is happening mm-hmm. neurochemically. chemically. Um, you know, the, that, that makes the kid want to do the homework maybe, uh, mm-hmm. but there's love in the air mm-hmm. or can be depends mm-hmm. on, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> but anyway, possible, right, but... right. It is possible. But but I just still think that you're missing out on, um, um, this this thing that happens well you know if you if you don't dinner is so important i mean it's uh, throughout your life for the rest of your life you're gonna have to know how to do this thing sit at a table and eat with people and like i think i'd rather see people spend that time cultivating that ritual mm-hmm. versus the homework ritual you won't have to use the homework ritual for the rest of your life it's sort of like if you don't send your kid to um, church or vacation Bible school, and they'll embarrass you and ask, what's that plus sign, you know, on top of the building there. Mm. So like, even if your kid doesn't grow up, you know, it's like just a little dose, you know, uh, I just think it's for the rest of your life, you're going to have to know what a cross is, you know? Um, so I think for the rest of your life in our culture, in any culture, uh, you're going to be asked to break bread with somebody.
1: Well, that's true. In fact, we have to eat. Like mm-hmm. that's a given mm-hmm. that we have to eat. And I would say to someone who's having a hard time scheduling, I don't know. I just think one meal a week where you're inviting somebody else in isn't right. that big of a difference. Right. Right. Um, anyway.
2: But you know, people drink the Kool Aid. They drink the yeah. Kool Aid, and they believe that they're too busy. Yeah. Um When when I I just I remember when I moved to Nashville. I bought into that. i just my dad was visiting, and I was saying this and then and he's like, "I thought you told me you wanted to be like Vernon Jordan." And I was like, "I do." If y'all remember, that's the guy that introduced Monica Lewinsky to Clinton. But that's not why I wanted to be like Vernon Jordan. I wanted to be like him because you know he's a very mature, achieved African American man that was in the Cleveland Kennedy, uh, uh, Clinton cabinet. But um, <laughs> anyway, um, so. And I was like, well, I do. And he's just like, well, do you think he goes around talking about how many errands he's got to run mm-hmm. and how much traffic he's got? It was like my dad came to have dinner with me to connect with me. Mm-hmm. And this busyness and all my errands simply put a wall up. Mm-hmm. I'm not available for connection. You mm-hmm. cannot deeply connect to someone that's telling you all that they've got to do. You actually say, all right, I hear you. And you you move on. So you're missing out when you're telling people all these things you got to do. People, they hear you. All right, In fact, well, they I'm, probably
1: have the same right, things they right. need to do. But yet, they're making uh, connection a priority. Or mm-hmm.
2: uh, exactly, exactly. That's a very good point. And also, I just think too, that's the kool aid. People think you're supposed to talk about that. It's the status symbol. You know, we're just so busy versus these incredible people just taking care of whatever you got to take care of and mm-hmm. move on. Um, and I also think that we're not busy enough doing the things that are, if you're not busy healing, uh, cooking from scratch, that's the only busyness that you need to be talking about. <laughs> you need to be busy cooking from scratch. That's that—that's the only thing that really counts.
0: Well, I so appreciate you just really tying a bow on what probably was swirling around in my head um, <laughs> as a dinner party being an answer to so much that the, of world, the world needs problems, uh, um,
2: how therapeutic it is, how yes. it is. One thing that we just don't realize biochemistry drives the bus stuff goes on inside activated by what's going on outside. Okay. Smiling faces being interpersonal distance. Um, mm-hmm. people eye contact mm-hmm. that shifts your biochemistry. Yeah. And so all these things that are happening at a dinner party, you know, it's really just changing the way you feel on the inside, literally. And I don't think we, well, we don't have to be aware of that, but those, but that's what's happening. Your that's why it's so aware. therapeutic, right? The, and the body keeps the score. Great right. book, by the way. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's right.
0: Well, and I even think about how, while sitting with others, you are forcing yourself. To go against the grain in listening to a story, in Mm -hmm. hearing someone's perspective, Mm -hmm. that you're not fast forwarding on your phone, you're not flipping, you're not scrolling through, you know, I don't, I don't really want to hear their perspective grow, you know, so it really is, it's almost an against the grain kind of move to sit and listen to what this person's wanting to share at the moment. And And not out of butt. And not add a butt. <laughs> and yeah. as we just said. And don't like, be a butt. <laughs> don't add a butt and don't be a butt. That's right. With two T's.
2: Um, ease leads to disease. Mm-hmm. Too much ease. You know, uh, the Bohemian movement. Um, the cooking from scratch, the sharing palms, uh, the playing the guitar. Um mm-hmm. that's what's that's what that's that's gonna that's what's happened during this pandemic. Like so many people have been cooking and sharing their food and slowed down everything and 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 they're actually saving themselves by doing that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I was just saying, I, I hope that in the midst of so many of the hard things mm-hmm. we're going through in mm-hmm. this pandemic, mm-hmm. that families are having conversations about hard things, yes. because they're closed right. in, like maybe, Conversations that might be happening uh, at the Sonic, just a bunch of teenagers. Right. right. That doesn't go into the depths right. that maybe it would be if right. they're at home right. talking to their parents. Hopefully, yes. that's one of the good pieces. Mm-hmm.
2: Or, right, you know, you need it all. Yeah. You need to talk to your teenage peers. You, you know, to be able to approach your parents and have that conversation because they're there to have that conversation yeah. is wonderful as well.
1: Well, thank you so yes. much Y'all, for anytime, taking time. Anytime. I can tell that you're one of those that many people want to pull on because you just.
2: Well, pull on. I, <laughs> so love, I just feel so honored like, like, to have When you. people stop pulling on me, that something ain't going right. I just don't, <laughs> you know, I don't want that to ever happen. And I think there's something seriously wrong with people when they don't want to be pulled in on and included mm-hmm. in the such.
1: We are so grateful to have you here and share you with our listeners. Um, thank
2: you for being so loving and kind. You guys and live, check in.
1: out his Ted talk and yeah, I'll link to that in our show notes. Okay. Yeah. And any other uh, ways that our listeners could connect with you? Is there, uh, you have a website.
2: Um, just remember me when you're eating that bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Jerome probably would love me you know. <laughs> too. <love> it. <laughs> so good.
1: Well, thank you. And um, we usually end our podcast by saying this to each other, and this includes you. Uh Peace be
0: with you. Oh. And also with y'all. also
2: with y'all. Oh, I love that. (laughs)